Step into the hidden corridors of the past with Hometown History, where every episode uncovers the untold stories and secrets nestled in the streets and alleys of our own backyards. We bring history to life, revealing the extraordinary in the ordinary, from local legends to forgotten tales that shape the communities we know today. Tune into Hometown History and embark on a journey through time, right from where you are. Soundsington Media! On the last episode of Unspookable, we talked about the possible existence of ghosts and why so many of us believe in them. This week, we're going even deeper as we talk to an expert, author Insha Fitzpatrick, who is exploring vampires, ghosts, and more with her totally factual field guide to the Supernatural book series. I'm Elise Parisian, and we're chilling with ghosts on this episode of Unspookable. I'm here this week with unspookable head writer Eleanor Riley Condit and producer Nate Dufort. We're excited this week to welcome Insha Fitzpatrick, writer of the new book, Chilling with Ghosts. So Chilling with Ghosts is actually the second book in the Totally Factual Field Guide to the Supernatural series. Can you tell us about the series and how it came about and how the new book fits into it? Yeah, of course. So... The Totally Factual Guide to the Supernatural, which is very hard to say three or four times each, um, (laughs) is a series for like small supernaturalists or adult supernaturalists who want to dive into the science, history, meaning behind some of our like favorite supernatural uh, creatures. And Quark reached out um, knowing that I loved everything spooky and weird and asked if I wanted to do it and I immediately said yes and then I love supernatural creatures folklore and deep diving into the corners and avenues of that weird world so like it was just a hand-in-hand super fit but how if it's how this new book fits in is the first book was hanging with vampires uh, which we told the myths and the folklore that surrounded vampires and how they came to be And then um, we ultimately asked the question, like, are vampires real? And so for Chilling with Ghosts, we continue that deep dive into everything. And then we kind of take the deep dive of the belief and disbelief surrounding ghosts and what they are, how to talk to them respectfully, and and ultimately ask the question, like, do you believe in ghosts? For our listeners, from your research and understanding, what actually is a ghost? It's a super difficult, super difficult thing to nail down. And we actually have like this brilliant quote in the beginning of the book by uh, Lisa Morton that's like, the shape of the undead spirit or apparition changes with people's perspective, like of it. And for me and my beliefs, like a ghost is an undead spirit or apparition who lingers on this plane. They die tragically or they have some unfinished business or there's some meaning and feeling behind them lingering. Um, Some ghosts are very lovely. 
some are not. Um, ghosts can take like any shape and size. Some can be uh, residual haunts, uh, poltergeist to mist and ghost lights. Like those are, that's my understanding. But we also like acknowledge, especially in the book and me, myself and my beliefs, like we acknowledge that like, like there's some belief and understandings about ghosts that a lot of people don't have and that there's some like cultural differences so it all kind of goes back to your understanding, perspective, and belief in ghosts really come from, like, your perspective. <laughs> totally. I love all of that. And just like we do here on Unspookable, the book discusses the real science and history behind these scary stories. And I'd love to know, like, how much, and you kind of answered this a little bit, but but still, like, how much do you buy into these stories of the supernatural and have you yourself had any experiences of the supernatural? I am the easiest mark alive when it comes to, like, ghost stuff. <laughs> I believe in so many ghost stories. There like, are obviously, like, some, like, reading the Amityville horror book, like, as a kid, I was just like, that seems uh, suspicious. That seems very weird. But then, like, there's some other things and... Like, I always have the belief that there are some other unexplainable things, especially with ghosts and their experiences and, again, perceptions that, like, are so deeply personal and they matter to them. And it's kind of just like, I'll eat it up. I'll still gobble it up. It's not, I don't care. I'm just like, if it's real, not real, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> um, and when I was a teenager... This is kind of like a weird story because like I'm thankful that it didn't happen to me. I was just in the room when it happened and I was just like, that's enough. I had a friend. We had just came from a trip from Salem and she had brought like the like a Ouija board and it was like thickums Ouija board with the put like, uh, oh my God, I forgot how you say it. The the thing. Planchette. The planchette, yeah. yeah. And then um, her and a couple of our other friends were like sitting down at her kitchen table playing it and then once everything got quiet it started spelling out her grandmother's name and this is the part that kind of freaked me out because her grandmother was living in the house just had recently passed away and she was living in the house with her grandfather too and so I was just like nope I'll see y'all later I'm going to the park this is not my business not my place <laughs> and I'm like I like scooted out of there and everybody just put it away. Um, and then I kind of live near a cemetery. Like once I walk out, I turn cemetery. Um, so I've had like a couple of experiences like where my cat would just like start looking into this like one corner in my room. And I'm like, you know, we don't really play that in here. So I don't know why you're doing this to me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, like, these are, like, the two experiences that I've mm -hmm. had, thankfully. Hopefully, <laughs> no more. If they're nice, I accept it. <laughs> Sounds like overall relatively mild as far as... Yeah. But still scary. Very scary. Surface level stuff. Yeah, I love that you were like, these are not my ghosts. <laughs> Your boss. Yes. Yeah. Like, not my ghosts, not my problem. I'm good. I wish yeah. you well. The team, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, ghost hunting has increasingly popped up in media and in pop culture, especially over the last decade or so. 
Can you tell us the fact versus fiction of what we see on TV on these kinds of shows? Okay. I've been a really big connoisseur of ghost hunting reality TV for a long time. I... I've, I've had to accept within myself that the really big fiction of it all is it's for entertainment. All of it's for entertainment, 100%. Like, I've also, like, read a bunch of interviews with, like, ghost hunters who used to work on that show. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, like, when you put uh, a flashlight, <laughs> when you put, like, a flashlight <laughs> on the ground and then, like, you twist it a little bit. And then you put your foot on it and then you could just twist it back and forth to like, to like, tell us something ghost. And then and like, you guys have, you guys have ruined this for me <laughs> in a really mm-hmm. big way. But um, the big fiction of it all really is, is that it's like, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's really a lot mm-hmm. of entertainment. And I think going into it, you have to be cognizant of that. It's really entertainment. I will say that the two factual things that I've noticed, especially after writing this book, is that the equipment's pretty real, um, not used properly, <laughs> but it's pretty real. Like the EMF meters, like when they had the dousing rods or thermometers and stuff like that, that's all real stuff that you can like go and get and use respectfully. And like another thing is that the history of the place that they go to really is real history. And there's some real things behind it. And that's always super factual and true if they tell it right. But (laughs) it's always, there's always some just real deep down ingrained history. And it's, that's a really big thing to be cognizant of. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. So with celebrations like Dia de los Muertos or practices like mummification that exist in the public consciousness, partly through the inclusion in books and film. During your research, what were some of the thought-provoking practices, beliefs, or celebrations that you came across that you wish were more represented in the media? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, There are two. And one is the Hungry Ghost Festival. Because reading that for the first time, I was absolutely taken by it. And I was just like, that's such a really cool, there's a really great meeting and tradition after that festival, like honoring and satisfying the ghosts of the dead. And there's, there's also a lot of interesting things that you can't do during that festival, like not whistling, don't stand close to a wall, don't leave your clothes out. And you kind of just go, huh, but there's such like a rich, ingrained thing, like, like, this culture that like comes behind it and it's I really would love to see more of that this is gonna sound morbid (laughs) but I would love to see more tellings of death from like the outside in because there's such a there's such a rich and incredible culture surrounding death and even though like it sounds again very morbid like deaths from different religions and cultures can really be something eye-opening and they're either really celebrated or mourned and you don't want to glorify it obviously but there's just this unspoken rule about death so like seeing how different like 
cultures and experiences kind of come across in that heavy topic, I would love to see more of because we just kind of hide it and like bury it and keep it deep down in a way. So it's kind of just like, no, like, let's actually let's talk about this thing. This thing is like it's a part of everybody. We got to do it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Was there ever a point in your research that you found yourself scared, like sort of like in the cemetery where you're just like, I just need to walk away from this for a bit. Is it going to also sound weird? Not really. Um, I think because given the book subject matter, <laughs> I I was always like a really big person who was like comfortable with like death and grief and ghosts. And those were like always like my supernatural creature. So like actually being able to do it, I'm just like, yeah, let's go respectfully. Um, so and like I think going into the book or coming out of the book, actually, I I kind of I wasn't scared about anything in the book or what I had. Like I was scared of myself coming out of the book because I was just like, oh, people are going to think like I'm this like super existential super morbid person who's just like just like but I got over that like pretty quickly because like I'm really passionate and about this like matter so it's it's one of those things where it's just like oh this is okay and I think that this is like a thing that everybody needs these are things that everybody needs to know um I think if anything I only stopped for like a hot minute to read like Edgar Allan Poe stories. And then I was just like, you know what? Let's get back into it. Spook them up. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Love it. A classic. (laughs) All right. Well, the next question is kind of a palate cleanser, uh, literally. So the book has these like bite-sized excursions throughout where, uh, you know, you step into different tonal territory as well. For instance, there's a recipe in this book called A Haunted Graveyard Parfait. What made you want to sprinkle in sections like this throughout the book? That's... That is all my editor. Shout out to her. She's so incredible. And she kind of wanted to break up the chapters with like these fun activities to kind of like get your brain out of the mold of being like spooky and into the mode of being just like, hey, here's something really fun to do. Like the one, the one thing that I'm really, I think the one activity that I'm really proud of, especially within this book, is um, the ultimate ghost story because like it's, it combines my love of like TRPG storytelling and spooky stuff. And then I love the fact that they can make their own haunted house. And it's just, mm-hmm. but they're, they're so, there's so much fun and actually being able to do them for the book too. Adorable. I'm like sitting there with like DIY ecto slime, just like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. (laughs) What do you think it is about middle graders in particular that want to seek out scary content or things that creep them out? I think it's, I think it's almost like adults where we have like this horror is very much something where like we can all connect with, uh, with our fear and these little, these weird feelings that we had that are like deep down stuffed within us so like with a lot of middle graders I found out that and even me as a middle grader from way before it's kind of just like I want to 
be safely invited into a space where these spooky things can happen, but you know at the end of the day that you're safe. So I think Mm -hmm. with like hanging with vampires and chilling with ghosts, it's just kind of like these, it's that you're safe with us because we're taking you by the hand, like metaphorically, and we're guiding you through these spooky territories. But I think at the end of the day, it's like you can go back to your normal life and you won't see a vampire and you won't see a ghost. And that's okay. And that's pretty good. If you do see one, you have the efficient technology in order to handle it. Especially if you see a vampire and then you get a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> or a garlic bazooka. Or a garlic bazooka. Wild. Everybody was just like, garlic bazooka. Like, what? <laughs> what else are you excited about in terms of you know, books or movies or, or anything, even if it's not ghost related, what's, what's really getting your, getting your brain going lately? I'm really, I'm really, really, really right now kind of like going back through my like folk horror renaissance. (laughs) Cause like that was a big, for me growing up, that was like a big genre for me, which like the wicker man, um, the blood on Satan's claw, things like that. And then, um, I'm also kind of going through, since it's like spooky month, I'm also going through back through my slasher era, <laughs> which like it never goes away. So I'm like rewatching all the Friday the 13th and like go kind of going back into um, this subgenre of horror and exploitation movies called like, people are going to think I'm weird and morbid again, but it's <laughs> called like gore exploitation, which like has like a, a lot of um, Herschel Gordon Lewis films, like, um, uh, Color Me Blood Red, The Wizard of Gore, and stuff like that. Uh, and then with books, I'm reading a lot of folk horror books. So, like, stuff like Bunny is a little bit folk horror-y to me. Yeah. And um, I just picked up The Hoodies, which I'm, like, super into right now. And, yeah, there's a lot. I could go on forever. But <laughs> 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 I'm like... What else can I say? Because I'm like, I'm always like deep diving into something like super strange and weird. Like I'm also like, I I recently re-went back into like my 19th century spiritualism and then which ended up taking me to like the satanic panic. So now I'm also reading Michelle Remembers. Oh, like wh- where, where <laughs> am I? <laughs> Incha, thank you so much for joining us. You can check out the Totally Factual Field Guide to the Supernatural's Chilling with Ghosts in your local bookstore or wherever you get your books. Incha, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been like such a pleasure and so much fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. Joined this week by Unspookable head writer, Eleanor Riley Condit, and Unspookable producer, Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, 
go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Hey, it's Meredith and Brian from Reach, a space podcast for kids. Have you got kids who can't break away from their screens at bedtime? Then this is definitely for you. Brian and I just collaborated with an amazing podcast called Coco Sleep. It's packed with original bedtime stories and sleep meditations for kids and hosted by our friend Abby Ofer from England. Abby delivers each story in soft, slumbery tones, getting slower as the episode goes on to encourage sleep. And there are tons of beloved characters, Coco the Koala, the Jupiter Twins, and our new pals, Hector and Sunny, who we may have encouraged to help us explore space. Definitely check out that episode entitled Hector and Sunny in Space, or any of their other 200-plus stories and meditations with three episodes added every single week. Coco Sleep has helped improve over 10 million bedtimes since its launch in late 2021 and now welcomes one million listeners a month. One million and two if you count us. That's right. So tonight, find out what all of the fuss is about. Subscribe to Coco Sleep wherever you listen to podcasts and start listening for free tonight. Just search K-O-K-O Sleep on your favorite podcast app and make bedtimes a dream. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.